Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Welcome to FOMO Friday, where we love to keep you up to date, particularly if you're not watching that propaganda media, but you don't want to have that fear of missing out. So we bring you the things that you need to know. And the first thing that we uh, want to, to cover here today uh, is something I was thinking about just the other day. There, there was a time when companies used to try to stay out of politics. They would you know, try not to take sides for fear that they would alienate half of their customer base. That time is not now. <laughs> now we see many companies just going woke because they think that it's not going to hurt them. They also allow themselves to be bullied, though, and they and they allow themselves to be bullied around by government officials that threaten them with reprisals if their particular company does not do what they want. But not all companies are that way. And from a series of articles from the Daily Wire comes this one. U.S. and Canada-based video platform Rumble is shutting down in France after refusing the European nation's demand that it block pro-Russian news sources, according to its CEO. Rumble, founded in 2013 as a free speech alternative to YouTube, where you know conservatives often find themselves censored, said it would rather not operate in France than submit to the administration of France President Emmanuel Macron um, or Macron uh, demands it censor pro-Russian content from sites including RT France and Sputnik. Now, Rumble CEO Chris Pavlovsky said the company will challenge the decision in court. The French government has demanded that Rumble block Russian news sources. Now, Pavlovsky said Wednesday, quote, like Elon Musk, I won't move our goalposts for any foreign government. Rumble will turn off France entirely. France isn't material to us, and we will uh, uh, challenge the legality of this demand, unquote. Now, he mentioned uh, Musk in this, and and the new owner, of course, Elon Musk is the new owner of, of Twitter, and he referenced the billionaire's refusal in March to block Russian news sources from his Starlink satellite internet service. Rumble, which trades on the NASDAQ and is both a video platform and a cloud service provider, describes itself as immune to cancel culture and is part of a growing network of conservative-backed social media companies uh, cropping up in in the face of the leftist intolerance that that dominates platforms such as Facebook and YouTube and, and at least until Musk's takeover, Twitter. A recent bombshell report by the liberal news site, The uh, Intercept, uncovered how Facebook and Twitter have worked closely with federal agencies to silence mostly conservative viewpoints subjectively deemed misinformation. Now, free speech purists object to censoring news and information simply because it is deemed propaganda by Western nations. And in in addition to the slippery slope argument, they advocate countering what some see as objectionable uh, perspectives with reason. 
rather than government or even private censorship. In March, Musk told the EU that he would not block news sources from Starlink. This is his quote. Starlink has been told by some governments, not Ukraine, to block Russian news sources, Musk wrote. Quote, we will not do so unless at gunpoint. Sorry to be a free speech abolitionist. (laughs) Here is a company in Rumble that is doing what it can to promote free speech. They are not being bullied by anyone, and they have taken steps to ensure that they can continue to operate without threats from the left or government intervention. You know, we, we really need more companies like Rumble to step up and have the courage to do the right thing. And speaking of not doing the right thing, the Biden administration <laughs> deleted a tweet on Wednesday after it was fact-checked because it was missing key context. Well, shocker, right? Quote, Seniors are getting the biggest increase in in their Social Security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership, unquote. That's what the administration claimed. Now, Twitter's Birdwatch program, which has, has existed for a while, attached a note to the tweet noting that the reason seniors have gotten an increase is because of the inflation rates that have exploded under Biden. Quote, seniors will receive a large Social Security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which is based on the inflation rate, is what the note said. President Nixon in 1972 signed into law automatic benefit adjustments tied to the consumer price index, unquote. So wait a minute. Didn't this administration say that this is just a temporary thing? And that inflation was not even happening now. It, it, I mean, Biden said it was just flat, right? The, you know, remember the, the 8.3 or whatever? And, and didn't they also say that if there was inflation at all, that it would be a good thing, that we, we wanted to see inflation, right? Why would they delete the tweet? Aren't they proud of what they have accomplished by raising inflation so high? I mean, look. It's helping seniors, right? Well, you're going to have to explain a few things to me about this next story. A a Norwegian man who identifies as a woman has inspired ire on social media for also identifying as disabled and using a wheelchair despite not physically needing one. Quote, I have struggled with this every day my whole life. And this this is this is a quote from um, Jorund Victoria Almi is his name. He's 53, and he told a Norwegian outlet uh, V earlier this this year, according to Redux, quote, "It is a cognitive dissonance in the same way that I experience being a woman in a man's body. I experience that I should have been paralyzed from the waist down." This is not a desire to be a burden on society. It is about the wheelchair being an aid for me to function in everyday life, both privately and at work, is what Almi said. 
Now, the publication noted that Helmy faced backlash following a recent interview with Good Morning Norway. <laughs> Good Morning Norway, I guess, right? Uh, it became such a big story that Norway's TV2 did a follow-up piece, including the perspectives of four disabled women. One of those interview subjects was an 18-year-old woman named Emma Sophie Grimstand, who spent two months in a wheelchair after contracting an inflammatory disease. She said, there are many who don't have that choice to be in a wheelchair. Quote, I don't think every, everything should get airtime, she said. Almy interview can harm people who are in wheelchairs and do not have a choice. It can even lead to suspicions about people who have no visible illnesses. Wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's stop right here. This man has a choice? I thought that we can identify as anything that we believe we are. So so if that's the case, do trans individuals have a choice too? Let's continue reading. Uh, Twitter users reading about Almy's story were equally outraged, especially those who were disabled themselves or their family members were. Quote, my daughter has had a wheelchair since she was 18 months old. It was tiny, specially made, and one person uh, shared this, this story of, of this person. And, and the first thing she said was, I walk? This man should be alarmed and ashamed. But of course, he's not, unquote. Now, wait again. <laughs> I thought that he was supposed to be proud of who he was. Is he not? I mean... This looks a lot. I mean, this this quote right here, speaking of being ashamed, this quote looks a lot like disabled identifying shaming to me. I don't think that that, that this should be allowed. I think this particular person who, who talked about this 18-month-old being in a wheelchair, I think she needs to be canceled or or, or at least at least suspended on Twitter, right? Quote, able-bodied male u- uses wheelchair almost always because he identifies as a woman who is paralyzed. Mental illness is reaching levels we never thought possible, said somebody else. But again, we have to stop here. People identifying as something they are not is not a mental illness, is it? Quote, this is so insulting, another Twitter user shared. I'm a wheelchair user. I I went through excruciating pain with spinal and neurological damage. It's not a joke. And, and this to me is mocking me and others who've suffered awfully being in a wheelchair has taken so much life away from me and my family. This is appalling unquote. But what about the mental pain this man would experience if he couldn't identify as a disabled person. Well, per PubMed, body integrity identity disorder or BID or BIID is an extremely rare phenomenon of persons who desire the amputation of one or more healthy limbs or who desire paralysis. Some of these persons um, mutilate themselves. Others ask surgeons for a an, an amputation or for the trans. Uh, transection of their spinal cord. Almy replied directly to the criticism by saying, quote, I have struggled with my 
own shame and prejudices for 50 years before I was so bothered by BID that I finally had to open up about it. This is what this Norwegian said in interviews that were done uh, to promote diversity and inclusion. Um, but I mean, obviously he's throwing in that he's doing this for diversity and inclusion reasons. How can you be against diversity and inclusion? So when asked if the BID was sexually motivated, Almy replied, I don't know, maybe so. Almy described being um, envious of an elementary school age child with crutches. Quote, my reaction was an intense interest. My heart pounded, my pulse increased, and I was actively in my body. I was incredibly focused on him and what this was all about. Everyone gathered around and was going to try uh, try the crutches while I kept my distance. I was so afraid that someone would find out what was going on inside me, Almy said. Uh, Redux noted that the GMN was deleting negative comments on their social media pertaining to the news story about Almy. <laughs> well, I should certainly hope so, right? We can't be coming against something like that. Well, in all seriousness, though, here is a bit of really good news out of Canada. Now, Pastors Tim Stevens of the Fairview Baptist Church in uh, Alberta, Canada, was acquitted by the Providence's criminal court after he was uh, charged with breaches of public health orders for opening his church despite government lockdowns. You may have um, heard this. Obviously, we, we covered actually this a number of times on the podcast. Footage of police officers taking Stevens away from his his uh, sobbing children went viral last summer as as Canadian authorities made headlines for uh, enforcing strict restrictions uh, against public gatherings. Law enforcement at one point used a police helicopter to discover where his church had been secretly meeting after uh, officers padlocked their building. Stevens uh, Stevens spent twenty one days in jail and was served six provincial tickets for his alleged breach of public health orders. Four of the tickets have been have been dropped and the provincial court of Alberta cleared Stevens of the remaining tickets on Tuesday according to a statement from the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. Quote, "This is vindication not only for me but vindication for uh, that the government grossly abused their power." Stevenson remarked on social media. He also said, in all of this, I rejoice since the gospel of Jesus Christ went forth in power and Christ built his church, all glory to God. Stevens told the Daily Wire that all charges against him personally have now been nixed. However, one charge remains against the Fairview Baptist Church, which the congregation intends to adjudicate. Uh, Lawyers from the Uh, Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms filed a lawsuit against uh, Calvary Police Service and Alberta Health Services for Stevens' arrest in May of 2021. Quote, while God has given me joy through this time and has poured out abundant blessings, it is important that government is held to account for its actions for the sake of everyone in our province and country. This is what Stevens commented on. Now, former Alberta uh, Premier 
Jason Kenny was forced to resign since putting pastors in jail uh, turned out to be a terrible move, <laughs> you think? And this is according to Stevens. Premier Danielle Smith, who um, succeeded Kenny last month, has uh, since apologized for the province's uh, vindications of constitutional liberties and announced that she is accepting legal advice on pardoning those who were charged with violating lockdown orders. There have been similar legal victories in the aftermath of lockdown policies by American pastors who who uh, defied the mandates. Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California, settled just last year with the local and state authorities who agreed to pay the congregation a total of $800,000. Now, I'd say to this that God honors those that do the right thing. It does not mean that the road is easy. It does not mean that it doesn't take courage and conviction to do the right thing. It means that in the end, God rewards those that do his will. And something else that I have often questioned is the the feminist movement. If, If it is really about women's rights, why not work to make things better in places around the world where things are the worst? right? I mean, things are pretty good when it comes to women's rights here in America, but not so much around the world. A 14, a 14-year-old Iranian girl was killed last week by Iranian security forces when they found a ripped photo of former Iranian Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini in her uh, school, uh, school book, according to local officials. Um, Paris Hamdava is, uh, is a student in Iranshire in the Sistan and Balakstan province. Um, and she was beaten by Iranian security forces who were searching the books of the students. She later reported as, as having died at a hospital. Now, according to the, uh, Daily Mail, uh, textbooks in Iran will frequently contain the photo of a of a quote from the the former Iranian regime leader. Uh, quote: Security guards stormed the school last Tuesday and searched the books of all the students. She had ripped pictures of Khomeini for uh, for for this this crime, and they started beating her in front of the other students. The news agency Havash has uh, has has informed of what happened uh, has been informed of what happened here and her uh, nose was bleeding badly and she was taken to a hospital she died on wednesday and was taken to zagran uh, for burial now protests have erupted in fury since the suspicious death of masa Amani, uh, after her detention by Iranian forces in September. In, in mid-September, Amani, uh, 22, was visiting Iran's capital, Tehran. Uh, she was forced into a van run by Gasht Estad, which enforces the Iranian regime's dress code. Uh, then she was taken to uh, the, the Vorzra, a detention center, and she died in a mysterious circumstances, uh, prompting opponents of the regime, who, uh, ever the police often treat uh, violators of the of the dress code brutally, 
to contend that the young girl was murdered, as Time magazine reported. In reference to what happened to uh, Amini, uh, leading Iranian dissident uh, Masha Alijad told CNN, quote, let me tell you something. Masha's family members, they risk their lives. And, the, and they tell journalists outside of Iran that Misha was beaten by the mortality police or morality police. I'm sorry, morality police. I guess you'd call them mortality police. It is clear for all Iranians that she was murdered, unquote. Now, on September 13th, Iran government, uh, Iranian government agents reported uh, raided the um, Shahin High School in Arabali. Arab um, and at least 10 girls were injured, and, fifth, and a 15 year old, Asra Pani, died later from internal injuries. Hossan Salami, a commander of Iranian Revolutionary Guards, warned last week quote, get this, we tell the youth. And those who were deceived that t- that today is the last day of the riots, and that they should go, and they should not go to the streets again. Unquote. But students actually rallied across Iran over the weekend, and I, you know, th- this is the same Iran that Biden wants to give nuclear weapons to. This is the same Iran that that uh, Obama tried to give nuclear weapons to. This is the same Iran that is the biggest promoter of terrorism around the earth. I mean, have you heard any feminist groups talking about any of these tragedies? No, no, you haven't. They're too busy talking about equity over equality or something. But I'll say this next story is, is, is interesting. Uh, after a, a a columnist writing for the Atlantic on Monday asked for a pandemic amnesty, yes, that's what I said, a pandemic amnesty, re- recipients uh, from um, mandate enthusiasts uh, and, and videos videos of strict lockdown policies circulated on social media as users balked at the suggestion. So, uh, Brown University uh, economist Emily Oster. Um, she penned an article admitting that school closures and other government mandates were ultimately unnecessary and then suggested that further discussions on the damage wrought to society by such policies are heated and unpleasant and ultimately unproductive as well as fuel for culture wars. Social media users immediately rejected her argument after the article began circulating online. And on Tuesday, Many popular accounts uh, reposted videos of lockdown enforcement in, in, in action over the past two years. Libs of TikTok shared footage of the indoor funeral where family members were positioned in socially distant chairs. And when two family members pulled their seats together to comfort a grieving loved one, a visibly upset individual in, interrupted the service to demand that the families pull their chairs apart once more. Another video from the Libs of TikTok showed a, a, uh, a toddler being forcibly masked at a daycare. Quote, they want us to forget about their school closures, the account said. They want us to forget what they did to children. Do not 
forget this. Do not forgive this. A Dutch, a Dutch uh, commentator posted a video of law enforcement officers beating a protester with batons while a police dog aggressively bit the, the demonstrator's arm. And, and they said, quote, you can put that pandemic amnesty where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Christina Pusha, a, a, a um, rapid response director for the uh, re-election campaign of Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, shared a picture of a Michigan store that had inexplicably barred customers from purchasing seed packets. <laughs> yeah. Quote, those who did this never apologized. And in fact, doubled down, she said. We cannot reward them by allowing them to remain in power, unquote. David, uh, the, the Daily Wire's host, Michael Knowles, shared an article from a Los Angeles Times columnist, Michael Hiltzik, uh, who published in, in January uh, an article who, uh, and, and, and he, he contended that, that mockingly the deaths of those who refused vaccination is ghoulish, but maybe necessary. The writer argued that, quote, those who have deliberately flouted sober medical advice by refusing a vaccine known to reduce the risk of serious disease from the virus, including the risk to others, and end up in the hospital or the grave, can be viewed as receiving their just desserts, unquote. Conservatives also rebuked individuals who supported the lockdowns regime for praising Oster's sentiments. I mean, David French, a fellow columnist at The Atlantic, did the same thing, said that was that was a really great piece. Um, yeah, it, just a number, I, I could go on and on of the people who who, who were just, just terrible when it came to the lockdown type stuff and, and, and coming against people who even just questioned why we're locking down. And now they want amnesty. They want us not talk about it anymore. Well, I just don't know if that's going to happen, right? I mean, again, there's a difference between number one, forgiving someone who is asking for forgiveness, but also keeping people and holding them accountable for their actions. And so I, I think there's a fine line that we need to walk there. And, and, uh, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, 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 uh, you know, as Christians, we, we definitely have to check ourselves at the door when we, when we're looking at it for, um, not forgiving someone, but when you're, when someone's not really asking for forgiveness, when they're just saying, Hey, we just don't want to want you to talk about it. That's not necessarily the same thing. Right. All right. And uh, of course we've got it. I had to bring you this and this is just crazy. <laughs> uh, and of course it comes from representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC, and she complained on Twitter, Twitter this uh, this week about the changes that new Twitter CEO Elon Musk is making to the platform, and she received a reply from the world's richest man. Now, AOC's remarks came after Musk said that you know, he, he will uh, charge users $8 per month for a, ver- a variety of features, uh, which has sparked a lot of backlash across the the political spectrum from a variety of of reasons. But this is what she said. She said, LMAO, or laughing my buns off, uh, at a a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that free speech is actually a $8 a month subscription plan, unquote. That's, That's what AOC tweeted at the start of the week. 
here's what Musk's response was, and and I don't I don't you know I don't know what what you think of of Musk. Uh, Elon Musk is is an interesting guy. Um, I think there's a lot of good that he does, and there's a lot of bad that he does. I think he's he's kind of a mixed bag of things. But but what he's doing at Twitter right now has has so far so far uh, been been good. Uh, he's he's released uh, and and locked uh, uh, out a lot of these um, uh, guys at Twitter and the employees at Twitter that were doing a lot of bad censoring and this type of stuff. So you know we'll see what happens with it. But but some of his responses are just classic. And here's one of them. Musk responded to AOC by saying this: "Your feedback is appreciated. Now pay eight dollars." <laughs> Musk also. Uh, responded with a screenshot of a hoodie that AOC sells online. And the price of that hoodie, $58. <laughs> so, so AOC, I mean, she, you have to, you have to give it to her, right? I mean, she will just say anything. And, and here she is giving Elon Musk, who, which by the way, Twitter has not made a profit I don't think if I don't think Twitter actually has ever made a profit. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but but I don't believe Twitter has ever made a profit. And here Elon Musk has has purchased this this uh, company. He spent a lot of money, billions of dollars to do it, right? And he bought the company and is making some changes. One of those changes is try to get, you know, a a, a better income or a, a, you know, a revenue stream and so he's he's doing this subscription verified type of accounts and she's going to come against that she's going to she's going to call him out on it so he just says hey your feedback's appreciated now pay your eight dollars and then he shows a picture of what she's selling and that's a 58 dollar hoodie so anyway you know not everybody can be the brightest bulb in the whole box right <laughs> so you may agree with all this you may you may completely disagree would definitely love to hear from you on it and of course you can do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com thank you very much for listening this podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.